just uh, myself and Jessica and Matthew are just going to touch on a few things that we're grateful for having experienced this past year and a half with this community. And I'm going to start with a little story, uh, very, very short little experience with my grandson, Jameson. Anyone that's part of the Sunday Sila gets to hear about Jameson a lot. <laughs> Debbie Stamp had come through town to drop off, pick up uh, some monastics, so some exchanges from Pacific Hermitage from Abayagari to Pacific Hermitage. And on her way back from the Pacific Hermitage with two monastics in tow, she stopped by my house and I offered them breakfast. And it was a Friday. And Fridays are my days with Jameson. And at first I thought, oh, I can't pick Jameson that day. I'll be busy. I'll be distracted. And I thought, oh, this will be a lovely opportunity for Jameson to get to meet these monks. He's never met them. And uh, I don't get to expose him as I have my other grandchildren to the monastics because the center's been closed. And so I decided to take him. It's just very sweet. Yeah, I showed him how to offer food to the monastics. And yeah, I, I showed him, I helped him with two of the dishes. And he said, okay, Nana, I got this. <laughs> and he did a beautiful job. Uh, very smooth and uh, very restrained and it was really quite lovely and then i went into after we sat around had our breakfast and chatted a bit i went into clean the dishes and i heard jameson little voice debbie what is a monk <laughs> i'm going to end the story there it was really lovely exchange between debbie and then the monastics also shared and he just listened and i just just felt this really deep, you know, there's the seed. It's landed and it's landed deep. And this is what gives my heart the most joy. And I see this in this community all the time. I came in, I started to come back into the, uh, my office in May and there was a tree that had one of these trees on the side of the building had a huge branch that had fallen and covered the entire sidewalk. And I put a notice out to the community and see if anybody could help me with this branch. And I got many emails back and within two hours, it was completely cut down and cut up and piled in a way that it completely fit into the recycling bin for the, for the, uh, you know, for trees and plants and whatnot. I was, and, and that was really touching. That was Greg Sherman. And he used to be a part of the Dharma Rain community and he lives just around the corner. So now he's continuing to come here as well as there. So that was very touching. Another experience is during the time of the, you know, about six months into the COVID, one of our community members, I had been alerted, was um, that their family was having some financial challenges. So uh, Jane, had, who heads up the Hand to Heart program, had put out an, an announcement about this. 
more tears are coming. Fair warning. Within days, over $10,000 came in. 6,000 of that was directed directly to the family and 4,000, rounded numbers, but 4,000 was for families yet to be in need. It's just really heartening, really beautiful uh, that our community was there for each other, is there for each other. I've got a little piece that I want to read because Betsy Russell sent in a little note that I thought would be really fun to, to share with you all. And she can't be here because she's starting a retreat today. But she was the first person to respond immediately, well, not immediately, 24 hours, hours later, for when um, the MailChimp that came out announcing Lumpur was going to be here, we're going to celebrate, and it's an opportunity, if you wish, to help us keep this building available for us. So last year, it was about protecting our, our refuge, our community, and we did that. And now... It was an opportunity to keep the building alive so that we can, you know, so that we have something which we can gather together like this so that we can hear the teachings from this lineage about what our true home is. As Lanko Pasano spoke about this morning, the true home isn't the bricks and mortar, it's complete peace. The bricks and mortar help us have a place of which we can gather and protected from the elements. We can gather together and be told the steps, the practice to turn inwards and touch into this inner peace. From this home of the building, we have the opportunity to reach following the, those who are ahead of us on the path and perhaps even completed the path. We have the opportunity to follow in their footsteps to reach our true home. So Betsy wrote, in reading, in reading how any donations would be directed toward maintaining the building's electrical, plumbing, and bathroom upgrades, she thought, wise way to direct my donation. I want to help. I'll give $5,000. That's just really, really sweet and very, very touching. And finally, I'd like to share, sorry if this embarrasses you, Jim. <laughs> I'd like to show you one more act of generosity. That's a gift to all of us. Jim Fairchild has made a provision in his will that grants Portland Friends of the Dhamma his home and his land. Such generosity secures for this and future generations to have an urban refuge tethered to the teachings that lead us to our real home. So on behalf of everybody, Jim, I wish you a very long life. <laughs> and thank you so much. It's very, very touching. With that, I'll Jessica share with you. Thank you.
you're a parent, you remember Friday, March 13th. <laughs> uh, that's when our kids were sent home for a couple of weeks <laughs> while they figured out this pandemic thing. <laughs> and it, you know, quickly became obvious uh, that we were going to be in it for the long haul. And we thought a lot about how my situation was uh, unique to me, unique to families with young children, um, with my father-in-law living with us, working family, and other people living completely alone. Like we weren't, you know, none of us were having the same experience, same experiences. <clears throat> and um, for me, uh, I realized um, uh, right away that I, I needed to take all of my focus and give it to my family. They're, <laughs> they're right in front of me. My extended family doesn't live here. Um, kids are home. My husband's home working. They needed to be schooled. We ended up homeschooling. But it took you know, every bit of my time and energy. And we had a schedule and we just stuck to it day after day after day after day. And, um, you know, <laughs> there were online retreats available <laughs> and uh, uh, coffee time uh, with monastics and um, a lot of opportunities for people to access the Dhamma. Um, it was really beautiful and I was, um, understanding that people were doing that. And, but when I got out of bed in the morning, I got going <laughs> on kids, and then I got going on food, and then I got going on work, and then I got going on food, and then I got going on bed. And that's what my life looked like, you know. <laughs> and I felt sorry for myself for a couple of days, <laughs> or more. <laughs> and then, um, I realized that, you know, <clears throat> our, my wise teachers that did not, uh, had not trained me to be with them. They had trained me to be with the condition. Such as they were. And it was, <laughs> it was like uh, an enormous weight lifted off my shoulders. Didn't have to be any certain way. My meditation for the moment didn't have to look any certain way. My community didn't have to be any certain place. I slept when the baby slept. And the babies are like in junior high. <laughs> but that's what we had all been, you know, kind of, we all went back to the womb together. <laughs> um, but it felt really um, extremely strengthening to me to have this foundation of community and to have the foundation of these teachings and my teachers and to um, recognize that this is what I had been training for. This was. I had been training to be with the conditions as they are. And we're training for I mean, I didn't love the reminder about birth, aging, illness, and death <laughs> before lunch this morning, but it, <laughs> but that's what we're training for. 
It really is. That's what we're training to be with um, friends with autism and birth, aging, illness, and death. And, you know, for me, the pandemic was all of the same, just being born into, you know, these conditions every day and moving through with them, getting older in the middle of it, watching people around me get sick, trying not to get sick, you know, <clears throat> and watching people around me die. <clears throat> but bringing that focus to my um, immediate condition and staying there. Uh, Pema Chodron, you know, she has a book. She talks about the wisdom of no escape. <laughs> Anybody else have that now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all look very wise. <laughs> that was my mantra, the wisdom of no escape. There's no escape, but, you know, as Longcore was saying earlier today, um, there's learning and learning and learning, and we need conditions to learn from. Yeah. So instead of trying to escape those conditions, rather just uh, learning from them and making that my practice, teaching everything is teaching us. <clears throat> I, I benefited from uh, the Hand to Heart program this year. And that was a big deal. And it was a big deal, especially because I hadn't really been too visible. You know, my face hasn't been out there as much <laughs> this year. Uh, um, but it touched us in just that way that we needed to be touched, my family. Uh, it needed a, it needed a hand up at us during the pandemic. And this community uh, was right there with us. And, uh, always has been so <clears throat> that was um, but really overwhelming <laughs> and um, <clears throat> and has made a huge difference for us this year being able to focus on each other instead of having to um, you know get busy somewhere else uh, <clears throat> and um, just finally uh, I'd like to say that uh, this year I, I became uh, more involved in the Pacific Hermitage. I'm finally on the board. They they asked me and I said yes. And they said, can you say yes that fast? And I was like, why? Well, I, said, I said yes like 10 years ago on my heart. Because <laughs> I've been waiting for you to ask. So, <laughs> so I've been involved this year in planner in planning. That's coming up in September, our annual altering ceremony. Uh, there and it's just been a delight to come back into community this way and to come back into community that way and and really focus on um, the whole theme of, of coming back together bringing the community back in as conditions to attend to so uh, thank you very much and uh, I'm really happy to be here with all of you today. It's good to see you. Yeah. So, 
really reflecting a bit on this period of um, physical isolation that we've, at least for appearances, we're getting a break from, if, if nothing else. And uh, I'm noticing the screen here and Alistair laboring over there. I'm reminded as well of some of the benefits that we've received uh, during this period through the, as Jessica was alluding to, the, the explosion of opportunities for receiving the Dhamma from such wonderful teachers uh, through the internet, through, through Zoom and, and online retreats we're doing. And I just finished up one uh, a few days ago with uh, Ajahn Sachiko and Lilatanya Yu, marvelous, and a retreat with Ajahn Sona or two. Morning coffee with Ajahn Sadanto every morning that they did for months on end uh, was, was, you know, uh, providing more of a foundation to my life than I can remember every day, you know, up and, and, and tune into Ajahn Sadanto and listen to him speak and answer questions. It's just been a, a really a treasure trove of riches in that respect. Not to mention the opportunity to turn inward a bit during that period as well. Uh, so uh, the, uh, the the um, the grace with which uh, Sakula and Alistair were able to pivot uh, the programs here uh, so that they were available uh, over Zoom was just uh, a delight to, to behold and. And just to see Sakula sitting here, you know, by herself on the stage, you know, every week, Alistair would sometimes chime in with some question or whatever it might be. You know, so it was, it was, it was uh, very inspiring. Created a sense of connection. And and so now as we as we move back into a phase where we it, it looks like that we'll be the three of us um, doing uh, programs here in in the room again, um, while at the same time because I don't know how this even appeared, you know it's again you know Sigul is talking about the community. I'm just assuming that it appeared out of I don't know. I just, just, you know, some sort of generosity or whatever. Um, but here it is. And so that when we, speaking personally, when an investigation goes into its, uh, its next, this next phase of, of a group of us being here, at the same time, we'll be able to provide a means where people who are unable to attend physically are able to attend. Uh, over the internet. And this means a number of people who, for example, Scott and Joan Bench, who are able to join from events which they've moved from Portland and became regular attendees. A uh, uh, high school friend of mine joins from either Vancouver, BC or the Bay Area, which is delightful. And, uh, and in addition, I, sh I should 
important to mention those people who just don't have the physical ability to make their way to the centers, people who live close by and they have physical limitations or um, uh, sensory limitations, so well, whatever it may be, this provides an opportunity for more, more inclusivity um, for people who wish to continue as, as we gather again in this building to continue joining us on the program. So that's the half of it. We, as we look at, you know, as, as we look at what our experiences have been online and, and the richness that we've derived from them, at the same time, I feel it's important to recognize uh, that there is a difference being physically present. came to mind when Lampo was, was talking in response to the question about grieving. And the questioner was mentioning the, the teachings, the wisdom teachings about anicca and the inevitability of, of death and the arising passing of all things and so forth. And, and Lampo uh, to expand that. Um, the area of contemplation and reflection to include the the more heart aspects of compassion, and so similarly, I feel that there is something since we are living and breathing organisms uh, that it's good to be reminded that of that in this time where we've really come through a period of a year and a half where there's been limitations on that and we. We tend to uh, maybe uh, privilege or give too much um, value to what we experience uh, electronically as, as the culture and society moves more in that direction to recognize again that, that the idea of being and breathing the same air in the same way as organisms with hearts as well as minds and it has an additional quality to it. And so, this, the time that I've spent uh, offering uh, the space for investigation various periods at from home has been great. I will no longer, as I did on Friday, be able to run another load of laundry during the break, you know, uh, and invest investigations. I'm not going to be able to have any. There are drawbacks to, you know, just, just kind of rolling downstairs to, you know, I sit in front of my computer and, and uh, get off my fanny and, and make my way over here. So, so I don't let go of it uh, easily, but I do, I do recognize the, this, 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 this sort of organic coming together of this heart connection that we experience when one is in the same room. And, for people who are uh, far afield, uh, it's, it's a place that they know exists. Um, they can look to just similarly with with the with Abaigiri of saying, you know, this is a place that I don't go to every day for grief. I look to it as a place that has a special atmosphere and meaning that I aspire to return to and visit on a regular basis. Thank you.
this corner and uh, just a lot of gratitude for the community's persistence during this time. Yeah, in particular, being able to be with to get together, people behind the scenes, people not least of which is the involvement you're, you're speaking about your, your mother as being a statistical anomaly. What came to my mind was, uh, may it be that you are a statistical anomaly as well. Thanks for your time.